Okay. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Feedback Force podcast, the game design and analysis podcast of the Enderfender community. I'm Kelso. And I'm Kyla. And I'm Carl. And there's the cat. <laughs> and that's Flippo. We, uh, I, I tried to lure him away. And as soon as I said, okay, you guys, are we ready to, like, should I do the intro? He comes over and he, like, taps on my arm and starts, like, crawling into my lap. And it's just what we're, it's just, uh, that's how today's gonna be. He's like, he's like, hey, are you starting the podcast? Cool, let me get, let me get seated <laughs> let me get so on I can that. join. <laughs> hey, do you have a lot of opinions about the wolf among us? No, now he's not saying anything. <laughs> I no. guess he doesn't. I guess he doesn't have any opinions. He just, he just wants to be close to you it's because true. he loves you. It's true. He does. No cats in this game. No, not there, really. There aren't. There are a couple cats in the like fables. Extended fiction. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I was gonna say this is like in general fairy tale stuff. There's got to be like a puss in boots somewhere or something like that. Yeah, but the the cool thing is, I mean, I guess we can like get into it deeper, but it, it extends to, like, all fictional whatever, so, like, Shere Khan and Bagheera of the Jungle Book <laughs> uh, just show up from time to time, which is... That's which is... Cool. Oh, yeah, I remember reading in the wiki something about, um, like, he lives with Mowgli for a bit yeah. um, in exile or something like that. Yeah, the comic is bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> the game's a little strange, too, at times. Yeah. But we'll get into that. Yeah, before before First. we get into that, yeah, what's everybody up to? Been up to? Uh, well, I thought you guys might like to know. Um, I hung out with my friend Mike yesterday, and uh, he shared with me his theory about um, Hyperlight Drifter oh, yeah. and the meaning behind the narrative. If you guys were curious about that, yes, go ahead. Tell. Return to the previous previous uh, segment. Um, so his theory is that it's. Uh, it's a metaphor for um, acceptance of death. Um, <laughs> similar, similar, but not quite as blatant to um, a story about my uncle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this idea that like each of the different areas um, represents sort of something um, related to like the world and like um, not fearing death that you kind of have to like tear down um, and destroy. So the the right-hand side is like the pleasure palace that uh, represents hedonism. The uh, the north is with like the, the bird, Birds. you know, uh, yeah. the bird folks represents like religion and, um, you know, like false gods and things. Uh, the west represents sort of like stasis and preserving things because everything's like trapped in crystal mm -hmm. and the south represents like trying to prolong life through science and like trying to make yourself immortal and every time you like start to ex you know you've explored the area and you become you know you feel like you're kind of like mastering the area and you become you know, you find, like, four of the triangles, you have to face this specter of death, like the, the shadow monster, mm -hmm. and in the end, you have to, like, confront that shadow directly um, in order to, like, find a find peace in dying, because his thing on the end is that it's, like, he, he found a peaceful place to finally die. Huh. I'd buy that. That's bullshit. 
I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> I thought you might say that, Carol. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's tons of bushes. <laughs> I think, I mean, I, I think those themes are there. I think there's a lot of stuff about, like, confronting illness and death. Um, I, I think there is, you know, also a, a standard narrative on top of that that's less me- metaphorical. Um, I think it's it's valid. It's not necessarily the interpretation I would first like jump to. Yeah, but, but I it, don't know. It's it's a well reasoned reading, I guess. It yeah. sounds like something you could read into anything, though. <laughs> that is a or rather you could read anything into that sort of structure. To be fair. I had a really hard time reading um, metaphor for getting over death into um, a story about my uncle, and that was, like, blatantly there on purpose, so... Yeah, well, I mean, it wasn't blatant, because all of it was, like, all of the super confirmation stuff was, like, in fake language, but it was at least intentional. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's... That's something that I missed entirely the first time I played that game a couple years ago, too. <laughs> yeah, so, I don't know. I thought I thought that was kind of a cool, um, a cool interpretation. And, you know, people can, people can think about that and agree or disagree as they will. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it isn't less real just because it's bullshit. If that's what you think, <laughs> then that's what it is at that uh, point, at least. And I mean, it's least. also, it's not, it's not something like I can't think of any really good um, like counter arguments to that like nothing that I would particularly cite as like this completely undermines that reading so you know besides the inside info we got that there was like several south areas (laughs) well that the south one was like yeah going to be cut until uh, the last minute that doesn't mean it still wasn't planned this way though Um, or at least like you know fell into place that way but anyway um Hmm. so that and uh i don't know i played some some more rust this morning because uh i i want to get those those golden achievements like every once in a while um i have four achievements left all of the gold gold ones. ones yeah okay yeah dang and uh and I don't like I don't like it's not constantly preying on me, but it's like like with Minecraft, it's the thing that like every once in a while I think like man I haven't played that in a while I should yeah. go play that again. Like, <laughs> except unlike Minecraft, it only takes an hour to play. So yeah, I mean you can you can just play Minecraft for an hour, but why well, would you? Well, some some people why can. Would you? I can't. Yeah, that's 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 fair. Actually. Yeah. When I started playing Minecraft, I just played, played, and I wasn't doing anything special. I was just digging into the ground like I usually do, as dig. Yeah, I do a lot. But of that. now, I can't play Minecraft for more than ten minutes. Because you you are tired of it, or uh, I think you've overdosed. I, yeah, but when I overdosed, my IDs were way too big, <laughs> and I was like grinding way too hard for. Stuff. Yeah. 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 No, I have this this picture in mind of like, oh, there's this like a really cool grand hall idea I could do, but like, be a lot of work. Like, do I really have enough time to start another Minecraft server? The last time I played was like, God, it's been like two or three years since I've played. Actually, I think it's been like three years since I played Minecraft, or <laughs> roughly. And I was playing with some friends, and one of them was like building a roller coaster, and a skull mountain. 
and the roller coaster <laughs> went into the Skull Mountain's mouth. That was pretty fun. That's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. I think my most ambitious thing was I tried, was I built a, like, underwater dome sort of facility that was all glass. I don't remember, I don't even remember how I built that. Yeah, I was going to say, I tried to do that once, and it's very tough because you have to sort of clean out a lake to do it. Yeah. Of, like, all its water pieces. You could do it, like, I think, do it from the bottom, I guess. Yeah, that's what I, yeah. I, think, I think what I did was, like, I built a, a, a semi-sphere at the bottom of, like, it was like an ocean sort of area, and then I surrounded that with glass, and then I went back in, and I, like, mined out the the dirt that I had used to create mm. the semi-sphere template. That would do it, yeah. Because yeah. if you if you just, like, build up gradually, then um, you run into all the water source blocks. Yeah. And you have to actually, like, destroy those in some way. Yeah. Which is so, tough. But, yeah. yeah, if you lay down the dirt first, you destroy them first, and then you're good. Mm. I lay down the dirt with, like, like, a shaft leading up to the surface, and then just after that had been all surrounded with glass, I just dug in from the top and no problem that seems like that works yeah minecraft ah minecraft i'm impressed that you've managed to go years without playing it i i never get more than like six months usually well, see, well, see the thing is that like it's i always forget my like login info <laughs> and, and it's so much of a hassle to just like try to like reset or whatever the last time i did that i had to like assign it to a new email address because it had been so long prior that i had switched email addresses like oh jeez and actually i don't know i think i also at at one point remember having to like migrate over from their old login system which was mm -hmm. just a colossal headache so yeah <laughs> minecraft now I should maybe I should just go play Minecraft today. I gotta go to the grocery store. I can't play Minecraft. Oh. <laughs> I have things to do. I know. I was expecting to get something done today. I can't play Minecraft. Yeah, right. Man, I have to eat. <laughs> I have to like make food for myself so that I don't die. Man. Ugh. Yeah. yeah. Minecraft does tend to get in the way of things like that. It really does. Oh boy. What anyway. Else? Anything else? Anything? Anything else cool? What are you up to, Carl? What I'm up to? Hmm. I've been in a pretty bad mood this week. I've oh. been, I've been missing sports, and I've been missing miss competing. Oh. Oh yeah, so, I saw your tweet about like you said you missed having a rival. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't directly in sports. It's just miss having someone to like. Really, really push you to improve. You miss having the uh, the Seto Kaiba to your Yu-Gi-Oh. Yes. I was, Actually, I, was I have been. Go uh, the, uh... Sorry, good. I have been uh, watching a lot of sports animes because of it. Ah. <laughs> what are you watching? Anything. Anything. Have hmm. you Have you watched Hikaru no Go? Yeah. Have you watched that? Ha that was the go-to I was gonna go for for like rivals. <laughs> I haven't actually watched Hajime no Ippo, but I'm assuming that there's a, a rival in that. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Have you have you watched Free, the swimming anime? Yes. 
No, I have not watched three. You should. I think I think you would uh, you would come back and do a sort of Thanarod imitation in how disgusted you would be <laughs> with uh, with the suggestion in <laughs> retrospect. Would I though? Well, I mean, it's it's very much aimed. It's very much a lot of um, fan service, yeah, but it's... like for the ladies. <laughs> yes. 100%. Yeah, I have understood that much. <laughs> God, I really yeah. don't watch, want to watch free. Yeah, it's less about it's less about sports and more about friendship, I would say. Um, but actually, um, a good one that's sort of a parody of sports anime, but is actually still pretty entertaining, uh, is Yakitate Japan. If you haven't seen that, which is a sports anime about bread making. Oh, I have. I oh, watched yeah. part of that. Yeah. That one's hilarious and weird. <laughs> You could also watch, um, oh gosh, what's it called? Um, I think it's called, like, I Want to Be the Strongest in the World, which is, like, a almost, almost etchy, uh, women's wrestling anime. (laughs) (laughs) I've watched, like, the first episode or two of that. It's, it's pretty dumb, but the, uh, it's, it's pretty dumb, but it's also quite lewd. But not like <laughs> pornographic, so you know. I see. It, that it, makes me. That makes me think of. Um, did you ever see Air Master? Uh-uh. I've heard of it though. Air Master was a. It's like a shonen fighting anime about this girl who does like street fighting, um, and she's like six and a half feet tall, so she like towers above everyone, and she used to be a like a professional gymnast. So her whole thing is that she does these like parkour parkour style like jumps off of uh like walls and stuff and so she's like always in the air so they call her air master um and there's some really weird ecky stuff that happens in or etchy stuff that happens in that too that's kind of a little bit like um (laughs) (laughs) it's not directly it's not directly etchy but it's like fan servicey and some of it's really kind of weird and disturbing and some of it's fine but and some of it's just like you know a girl who with huge boobs who runs in a, and her boobs bounce in a way that like physics doesn't work like that. <laughs> I gotta say though, all fan service is just weird <laughs> and disturbing. <laughs> yeah, some of it's some of it. I, I don't feel understand like, it. Well, some What's of it I feel point? like I've seen enough of it that like I'm kind of inured to some of it by now. Some of the more common stuff, but still, occasionally you see stuff and you go like. What? Who are they trying to appeal to with this? Like, what? What exactly is going on? Yeah, anime. Somebody's into it. Yep. That's true. Everybody's into something. No judgments. If you like, if you like weird phys- physics impossible boob bouncing, like, that's fine. <laughs> there are places you can go for that. So, Wolf Among Us. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just I'm looking at anime now. <laughs> I'm looking at uh, apparently Hajime no Ippo is called was called Fighting Spirit in a localization. That's dumb. Anyway, <laughs> Wolf Among Us. Yeah. There's also uh, very recently I think there's a new sports anime about basketball and a new sports anime about bicycling. I know there's neither yeah, of which I uh, Kuroko's Basketball I think is the basketball one. 
And Roko then... no Basuke, I yeah. think. Yeah, I've seen I, the first uh, season. I don't remember what the, the bicycling one is called, but I know about it. <laughs> hmm. Is it any good? Ah. Sports is ah. my thing. Now I have to look it up. Uh, Yoamushi Pedal? That sounds right. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, because I've I've heard people refer to it as Yawapita. Oh. That's that's unfortunate. Yeah. Yoamushi I mean... Pedaru, literally weakling pedal, also translated as cowardly cyclists. Ooh. <laughs> that oh, sounds God. promising. That does. Sakamichi Onoda is an otaku who has just entered high school. In middle school, Onoda did not have any friends with whom he could talk about his interests, and hopes to change that by joining his new school's anime club. However, he is crushed when he discovers that anime club has been disbanded due to lack of interest, and in order to reestablish the club, four new members must join. Okay. That doesn't sound like it relates to bicycling. It doesn't sound very good. Apparently it does. Later. I guess it's a bunch of nerds who learn how to ride bikes. It uh, looks like he rides his bike to school, and then another person is like a serious cyclist and mocks him for riding his little girl bike um, and being bad at it. I, I don't know. They they <laughs> join him to they convince him to join the bicycle racing club. The end. Okay. Apparently, he's a big old nerd. Yeah. That sounds awful. <laughs> it doesn't sound great. That's okay. Who knows? It could, it could be good. You never know with these things. They could be really hit or miss. I feel like a lot of it depends on how self-aware they are. Mm-hmm. So, who knows? Anyway, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, speaking of physical activity? Yeah. <laughs> I guess... Beating people up is a physical activity, and you do a lot of it in this game. It's true. Yeah. Do you want to do the uh, the summary? Yeah, so um, we played The Wolf Among Us, the telltale game based on um, Bill, Bill Willingham's uh, Fables comics. And in it, you play uh, Bigby Wolf, Sheriff of Fable Town, the secret community of exiled fables in New York City. Um, solving the mystery of a bunch of beheaded prostitutes, and that's it's a noir game. It's 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 very much like a yeah a murder mystery, with supernatural elements. So so in case you thought oh it's got like the big bad wolf and Snow White in it it's gonna be like cute and about fairy tales no it's it's a noir story yeah there's a lot of gore and sex and swearing and things fables fables is firmly a an adult oriented comic and there is a lot of swearing and a lot of sex and a lot of gore um it's pretty good I actually wanted to look up I was gonna do this and I forgot what is the rating on the Wolf Among Us. Um, I I'm assume it is it M. It had better be it's M. It's probably M. Let me um looking it up. Uh, ESRB rating. ESRB rating M for intense violence, blood and gore, sexual themes, partial nudity, strong language, drug reference, use of alcohol and tobacco. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Why doesn't why doesn't Wikipedia have the ESRB rating just listed? That's that's annoying. 
Anyway. Because no one cares? Yeah, that's probably true. Well, I mean, parents probably care, but, you know, I'm only a cat mom, so... <laughs> Your cat is okay with some partial nudity. Yeah, he can he can handle it. He's he my cat is like fifteen. <laughs> I had already watched a Clockwork Orange by the time I was like twelve, so you know. I still haven't watched. I'm still not mature enough to watch Clockwork Orange. That's okay. I just looked up the European ratings for Wolf Among Us, and it's different depending on episode. Interesting. Huh, okay. I mean, I guess that so, sort of. So one sense. and three is easier than the rest. Yeah, yeah I guess I guess that makes sense. Whichever one doesn't just have tits in it. <laughs> yeah. So, well, or maybe I don't know. I'm trying to think which are the episodes where people get like directly, like straight up gory murdered. Um, but I guess one involves some of the gory murders already, so... Yeah, like, there, you see at least the aftermath of it. Okay, so so what happens is you are Big B Wolf, and you get a call from um, Mr. Mr. Toad, and there is an altercation above his apartment, and it's uh, the woodsman, and he's beating the crap out of a prostitute. Um, and you, you know, you stop the thing, whatever. You send the girl on her way after some, like, weird kind of sexual tension, I don't know. Um, and then later you go back to your office and you find her head um, on on your on your doorstep. And thus yep. you have to solve the mystery. I don't know. Are we gonna yep. are we gonna do like a play by play of everything? Yeah, I think we should try and do a general it's a little bit difficult to do a general summary because it's a it's a telltale game, so theoretically, like, the narrative changes depending on what you do. I don't but think we it can, does. <laughs> I was going to say, it's we a can... Telltale game. It's a telltale it game, so it doesn't much. change. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so most of it, most of it in the broad stroke stuff is probably basically the same, so. Um, so episode one starts with meeting the prostitute and ends with, um, like, you've been doing a bunch of investigation, and then it seems like Snow White gets murdered. She's, like, your boss... Mm-hmm. She works for the mayor, and she, like, just wants everything in to be nice and good for all the people. Um, uh, and then she gets her head cut off, and then it turns out in episode two she didn't really get her head cut off. It was just somebody who looked like her. It was a troll uh, who was glamoured to look like her, yes. So then uh, you have to go and figure out, well, why is this troll glamoured to look like her? And you find out... That um, the troll was meeting her boss, uh, Ichabod Crane, and he was glamoured to look like, or the troll was glamoured to look like Snow White because your boss is, or her boss, yeah, I forget you don't play as Snow, her boss is like creepily obsessed with her. Yep. So then he becomes, he's a creepy dude. he becomes the prime murder suspect, but he's really just a big coward. Mm-hmm. Um, turns out... It turns out actually he didn't murder those girls and is is part two the one that ends with um with Bloody Mary showing up or is that part three? I think that's part three. So how it's, does part two end? Part two Some, Someone part, else is discovered dead. It's or something. Yeah, part two is where um you're in the at the very end of part two you go into the bar looking for information on uh, where the woodsman is because he's he's your prime suspect at that point. And then um, you get the option to 
either chase the woodsman because he's running away or to chase one of the Tweedles. Because... Are you sure that's not part one? Maybe. Because oh, I that think... is part one. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. That's part one because that's, like, right after that. It's when you're interrogating the Tweedle that you find out that Snow White is still alive. Yeah, Which right. means that's the beginning of episode two. But I still think... I don't... I still don't think Bloody Mary shows up until episode three. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, so something... No, Crane gets away in the end of part two and, like, shatters the mirror. Yeah, right? I think that's it. Um, so then, then you're, like, searching for... Yeah, then you're trying to track down Crane, and then you just then you discover like this is all bigger than Crane, and like a lot of people are in debt to this guy called the Crooked Man, um, and yeah, part 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 three involves you. No, never mind. That's part four. Man, what the heck happens <laughs> in parts two and three? All right, Wolf Among Us, episode two. <laughs> is Smoke and Mirrors. Um, starts with the interrogation of the Tweedle. And let's see. You go around. Everybody's creeped out about Crane. You're looking for Crane. You're looking for Crane. You find you find the body of uh, Lily the Troll. You have to go mm-hmm. tell the people at the bar, like, hey, your sister was murdered. Mm-hmm. Um... You meet and you George. Meet, yeah, you meet Georgie Porgy, uh, who runs like the the whorehouse, and you. It's a strip club technically, but like the girls there are all prostitutes. Um, the you meet at the bar. You also meet Grendel, um, who's an interesting character. I liked his monster form. Um, yes, you go to the Puddin' and Pie. I'm like actually like uh, just scrolling through now. Um, this is the one where you oh you find the place where uh, this it's at the end of part two that you find out that it was um, Crane right the last thing that happens yeah. is you find go into the hotel yeah. room there's a bed that's like covered in blood and flowers and you find photos of like Crane feeling up somebody who looks like Snow White. Okay, and that's then, the end of episode two. Okay, and then and then episode three is you going around trying to figure out where Crane is, and eventually you find him, and the Crooked Man and Bloody Mary show up and take Crane away from you, because he's yep. important. And in so the process, you, yeah, I guess um, that's that's <laughs> yeah. not really clear to me why, but sure. Um, and in the process, you get you turn into your like crazy werewolf form mm-hmm. for the first time which is pretty neat yeah uh, so you're being there's a whole sequence where you're being like shot at in an alley um, and you keep coming and you keep coming and then you go like f- not full wolf because you don't go full wolf until like the very end mm-hmm. but you go like full werewolf for the first time yeah that's that's one thing about this game there is so much of implied transformations off screen like like cut away and then cut back and suddenly you are a monster like they do that like six times yeah there's a there's a green glow from off from yeah. like off camera like it it happens to big b like 
two or three times. It happens to Grendel a couple times. It happens to the Jersey Devil a couple of times. Like they keep doing it. It happens to um to Lily or Holly. Holly, that's the one, the sister that's still alive. Like they just, they just do that all the time. And I every think it time probably it... happens to Lily's body too. Actually, when they remove the glamour. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. It does. It, it just every time it happens, I I can't help but. But like <laughs> they oh. didn't have they didn't have the budget to do that animation. <laughs> yeah. <or> something. <laughs> yeah. I didn't I didn't actually notice that until you pointed it out, but now that you pointed it out, that's that's entirely true. Yep. <laughs> they like never show transformations. And there's a lot of transformations. There in are this. Yeah. there are so many. Oh well. Um yeah, and then episode what, episode four, you are trying to find where the Crooked Man's hideout is. Yep. And um, that's the one where you go to, like, the butcher shop and the pawn shop. Mm-hmm. Uh, and interrogate some more folks. And also trying to figure well, out, like, what the butch not what the butcher man, the Crooked Man is up to. Mm-hmm. Doing and black And that one magic. ends with you, like, finding the door to his sanctuary and, like, going in and, like, taking a seat on his couch or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the final episode starts off with, I guess you're sort of having a conversation with the crooked man and all of his cronies, which is like every every dick, every bad jerk person that you come across in the game <laughs> is like one of his associates, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and the crooked man blames Georgie for killing all those women. Because at this point, he's killed, like, three, I think. No, only two. Two. Yeah, two. Um, and then they, like, all attack you, and they try to get away, and you chase them, and you chase them, you chase Georgie, at least, back to his club, um, where he tells you everything that, um, that the crooked man, like, ordered him to, to kill all of his employees, and then he dies. And also mm-hmm. his final, his his last remaining, actually not his last, his like second to last remaining employee also dies. I think there's there's a it's implied that he has that there are many other hookers who we just yeah. never meet yeah. in the game. <laughs> but yeah, like the second to last employee that we've met that we see at all in the game. <laughs> yeah. Um. And. Let's see. So he's dead, and then you go to like the foundry. Where the crooked man, ah, like the steel steelworks place, or yeah, whatever. has has all of his like stuff. That's his hideout, and you go there, and you fight Bloody Mary, and you turn into a wolf for real. And it's, I thought that whole fight scene was kind of goofy. I really liked it. <laughs> I enjoyed that a lot. I just I, maybe it's just because I really like Bloody Mary's like demon form. Yeah, I I, I think. I don't know. I'm trying to remember like what it is that I thought was so goofy, and I think it's because they. Hmm. Is it because it takes place in an abandoned steelworks factory? No, that's pretty ridiculous. I think it's because they have like two sound effects that they use for her reacting to anything, and they just reuse those two same sound effects over and over again. So it's like (laughs) all the time. I don't. (laughs) I don't know. Also, the whole body-splitting gimmick is a little bit, like... Mm, I don't know. For some reason, that always, like, bothers me. But she's, like, she's like a demon lady cover... Like, just completely, like, 
uh, covered in like impaled with glass shards. Yeah. Her 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 demon form is really cool. Um, I, I I I you know just as a character, I don't I don't care for her, but that that is a super sick design. I will one hundred percent agree with that. Um, and uh, and then you t- you turn into the big bad wolf and you huff and puff and blow all her clones <laughs> away. Yep. Yep, and they all break, and I don't know. You kill the last one standing. I don't know. Um, the narrative is pretty shit. A little bit, <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Um, and then I'm just gonna say I love, I absolutely love the world. Please don't hate me. <laughs> oh yeah. I I don't know. It's well, we'll we'll get into like more of the discussion of it. Let's actually finish. Yeah. It. Yeah. So so then you find the crooked man and the crooked man's like, "Oh, you can't kill me. You have to take me back for a fair trial because he like he's a very like manipulative person, but he knows how everything works. So he knows how to like get what he wants while technically being within the books sort of and winning hearts and minds as he does it. So he makes you take him back to the uh office for Can you kill him? I think you can you kill him? I, that scene? I think you can kill him. I don't know. I haven't. I didn't. I didn't try because it. I mean, it, it seems like you shouldn't be able to because they make such a big deal out of the scene after it. Yeah. With the. I the don't trial. know. Maybe you can. Maybe you can. I did have a walkthrough open. Let's see if I can find episode five. I think uh, I looked no, it up can, at some can, point, yeah. and I think you can. And like. Narissa comes and says something okay. big. You you can kill him, and the big trial scene is you defending yourself against the fables, and like okay. because apparently they're all mad that you killed him. I don't know why they would be. Well, because he didn't get a fair trial, I guess. I don't know. I feel like everybody in that office, had they not, like, been sort of twisted by the crooked man coming in and talking to them, would have been like, oh yeah, we like they all owed him money. Yeah. <laughs> they all owe him a lot of money. They shouldn't have been upset about it. Like, Except Bluebeard, but, like, well, yeah, Bluebeard but... doesn't want someone else who's basically doing the same, like, competing for the same space as him. Yeah, like, Bluebeard has so much money anyway, like, he shouldn't care. Um, so, okay, so there's a trial, and eventually you have to, um... Decide what happens to him? Yeah, basically, and it's either, like... Do you lock him up, or do you throw him down the witching well, which is, like, the version of execution, because nothing can escape the witching well? Um, yeah. And then and then they sort of wrap up a whole bunch of stuff at the end, like, going up to the farm, Toad and his family. Oh, shoot. This walkthrough says if you kill the crooked man, you bring his corpse to the trial. Oh. <laughs> That's funny. Is it? <laughs> It is kind of. How is that funny? It is kind of like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna put this dead man on trial. But well, we have to have this trial anyway, so uh, I guess you just have it with his corpse. Oh, and and during the trial, like you think that the crooked man has convinced everyone that he's not such a monster, and then the last remaining prostitute, uh, Nerissa, who is implied to be the Little Mermaid, but they they couldn't they couldn't name her Ariel because of copyright reasons. Um, comes in and like says everything about how fucked up his whole system was, and mm-hmm. and how much of a dick he is. Um, yeah, I think to be fair, you pretty much have him on the ropes at that point. Like everybody's pretty convinced that like he's a scumbag and should die at that point. Um, 
Except that then it comes up that you, like, don't actually have any evidence <laughs> against yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they're like, uh, well, we can't do it without up. evidence. Yeah, basically. Yeah. It's it's a lot of back and forth in that scene, and it's sort of hard to keep track of. But, you know, again, it's a, it's a telltale game, so the outcome is basically always going to be exactly the same. Yeah. Um, so then the, yeah, so you, you decide what should happen to him, and then there's an epilogue where, you know, you see the fruits of your journey, more or less, mm-hmm. and that's the end. And then there's an implication at the end that Nerissa may actually have been the first prostitute all along. It's yeah, like that's glamorous. a super, super weird scene. Oh, yeah. Um, that's sort of, that's an, that's an odd way to end it, but that's how they choose to end the game. Yeah, I actually um, I actually didn't see that this time because I, I told you guys about it and I tweeted about it, but the game glitched out on me right at the end during the like the epilogue scenes and it gave me <laughs> it gave me a whole bunch of like blank choices and I clicked through them all and then it kicked me back to the beginning of the chapter and I was like, well, you know what? I've already played this game before, so that's okay. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I got that and I got that same glitch later and then <laughs> texted uh, Kelso on Skype like, oh my god, what did you do when you got this glitch? Yeah. And she's like, well, don't click through it. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so I, I quit the game and restarted, and it restarted me at the beginning of the epilogue, and it was fine. <laughs> I was able to play through it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I, I mentioned that to my boyfriend as well, and he said that the same thing happened to him. Uh, yeah, the same thing played. happened to me. That's so weird, because that didn't, that didn't happen to me the first time I played it, which was like a couple years ago. Like, I played it as... As it was being released, um, maybe they've like put out a patch for something since then that introduced this bug. Yeah, that's that's sort of my guess. Because it seems like we all got the bug. Yeah. Yeah, and it happened to me the first time I played it too. Oh, weird. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe it has. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, but that's a but thing. Yes. So, um, do you want to talk? So that's the basic story storyline. Um, do you want to talk? Of. We tried. People, yeah, more or less. That's the broad stroke storyline. Yeah. Um, do you, for people who haven't played a Telltale game before, do you want to just sort of go over what the basic format of the mechanics are? Yeah, sure. It's. I mean, if you for some reason have not played a Telltale game, um, maybe, maybe don't, this one. Oh, I was gonna say maybe don't play this one. Don't <laughs> play this one. Um, uh, this is the first one I've played all the way through. Although I did, I did play a, a chunk of the um, uh, the Borderlands one, um, Tales from the Borderlands. So hey, this one or Game of Thrones? I didn't know they did a Game of Thrones. One, I, really. I've heard that the Game of Thrones one is terrible if you're not into Game of Thrones. But I don't know. I'm, I'm not into Game of Thrones, so like. <laughs> I, why would I want to play it anyway? I, I only played this one because I, I have read a large chunk of fables. so. But anyway, so the um, format... Yeah, so it, it basically functions as a very narrative-heavy adventure game. There's a lot of like walking around and talking to people and pointing and clicking and um, dialogue options that ostensibly alter the flow of the narrative, but at this point we all sort of know what's behind the curtain and know that there's extremely little variance that makes any very meaningful impact in the overall arc of a Telltale Games story, but it's fun yeah. anyway. Things things that diverge 
reconverge again pretty quickly. Yeah. And yeah. Um, but I mean, but they they do really play that up. The big uh, the big telltale thing is that like when you make an important decision, like a little thing pops up in the corner that says like this person will remember that or yeah. like this person noticed your silence or mm-hmm. like this person, you know, whatever, whatever. At, at this right. point, so-and-so will remember that is, uh, is it's basically a meme. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've yeah, totally I, had this discussion with basically everyone in school. They're <laughs> like, I really love The Walking Dead is often what we talk about until I played it a second time. Yeah. And realized that like it, those, yeah. those are things are lying to you. The Walking Dead yeah. even has a lot more decisions because you can you can like allow people in your party to be killed and end up with vastly different parties at at, at some points. But in the end, it as Lincoln Park would say, it doesn't really matter. Um, <laughs> so and that's kind of why I don't really play games. Yeah, uh, because it sort of, I feel like it sort of invalidates your decisions that may, you made the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I can totally see that point of view because I think that's what. Um, so I guess we can we can probably. I do want to um, finish going over the mechanics, but like. Uh, oh yeah. I also want to talk about at some point this uh, this idea of what what difference it actually makes narratively to uh, to to be asked to make a decision and then live with the consequences. Um, but let's finish going over the mechanics first. Um, why don't we talk about the the like quick time reaction bits. Which ones, like the actual QTEs? Yeah, so periodically there's like action sequences which are different than the the dialogue-heavy parts. Yeah, because the dialogue-heavy parts also sort of force you to react uh, within a period of time by only giving you... Not for every decision, but for a lot of decisions you have like, I don't know, like 10 seconds or whatever to like make the call, and otherwise you just don't say anything, which can lead to interesting interactions. But if there's like an action-y thing happening, if you're fighting with someone, if you're... Um, chasing someone Chase. if you're shooting something or whatever um, there will be QTEs that are basically I, they're pretty standard QTEs um, you know hit, hit a button to dodge in a direction or click on a thing to punch um, or mash a button to do an I'm so action bad at, I'm so bad at yeah. the button can they please stop introducing mashing a button in games <laughs> yeah yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm, uh, I feel like it, it was funny, there would be, like, a, a, parts in this game where I, where it would come up with the mash prompt, and I would be, like, like, furiously mashing, you know, and then I would be, like, wait a minute, this, this doesn't matter, and then I would slow, like, slow down my rate of mash considerably, and it would have the exact same effect, so, <laughs> that was cute, <laughs> um, they yeah. certainly do a good job of making it feel like you should be, like, oh, things yeah. are tense and you need to be doing this thing. Yeah, like, um, there, there are times where I will be mashing long after the prompt has disappeared off the screen. I'm like, <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah, so let's talk about let's talk about narrative consequences and replaying stuff. Um, because I, I'm kind of... I'm kind of with Carl on this one, even though, like, I, I'm the sort of person who would replay it to see, like, what else is in there. But for me, like, the canonical version is whatever you do the first time you play. Yeah. Because the point of a game yeah. like this is not to get a particular ending. It's 
the narrative that you're crafting as you go along, mm-hmm. at least for me. With that as well. And so, yeah, so it's like you've you've crafted a particular, like, narrative artifact, if you will, and that's it. Like, that's the thing you made. You and the game made this together, and that's what it is. Why would you, you know... That's, I mean, that's, the, that's your result. <laughs> even if the outcome is the same, you don't actually know that, and you feel like the decision you made took you to that point. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, it's it's interesting to note that um I I don't know if it Oh, no, okay. It it did come out. There was actually a comic of this game that was released at eventually. So, I, apparently there is like a canonical one. <laughs> what happens? But um yeah, I I didn't read that one. But, interesting. Yeah. So I'd be yeah, I'd be curious what the quote unquote canonical decisions are. Um, God, I would be so scared releasing a comic. Yeah. Like that. A that actually bit. has a this is this, this is, is the how right the real. Yeah. I guess you could um if you if you don't like start it until long after the game's been out, you can just because they keep track of stats on who who is answering in what way, you could just, like, take whatever the majority was in any given point. That is yeah. true. Oh, I love that fact. Also, <laughs> if you don't know, you get stats of yeah. what decisions everyone picked. Which yeah, is, at the end yeah. of each episode. I like it when it's, games do that. Yeah, so it's like, hey, at this point, like, 12% of people did the same thing you did, or 80% of people did the same thing you did. It's, it's so... Everyone picks the same thing. Not always. always. There Not were a always. Couple, but there, there were a couple pretty... things I got where I got like, you and like nine percent of people made that decision. Yeah. I'm like whoops. You can still see a clear like, this is the average player. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is That's... super cool. Which it it seems to me like most people playing these games, typically tend to play them nice. Yeah. Um, I felt the. I mean, yeah. it's been a long, long time since I played either of the Walking Dead games, but I think, I think, I think it was mostly the same uh, in the Walking Dead games as well. If people, you know, don't play them as a huge jerk. <laughs> well, most people aren't jerks. Yeah, and not not all choices are between like a huge jerk move and like a really nice move. Like, yeah. it's not a black and white morality system. But you'll have things like, you know, you have a friend, and the rules say, like, that your friend is supposed to, like, go away to this place. Um, do you, like, enforce those rules, or do you let him, you know, stay and hang out with you? Yeah. I mean, some of, some of them are clear-cut asshole, not asshole. Like, do you continue beating up this man when he is clearly defeated? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Do you rip off his arm? Yes or no? <laughs> Did you kill Georgie? I let I left him to suffer. Oh, I killed him. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, I I probably would have, except I didn't realize that like silence was the same thing as like make him suffer. Mm. Um. Yeah. So I, cause I I kind of wanted to just keep waiting to see if he would say anything else, so I didn't respond, and then that resulted in me like walking away and leaving him to suffer. That's that's actually another interesting thing to consider is um ambiguity of wording in these sorts of games because I know earlier there's a scene where you're at the trip trap bar and I think it's when 
you're talking to the woodsman, and there's an option that's, like, either drink or the wording of the decision is glass him. Which is, you pick up your glass and you whack him over the head with it. But I remember when this game came out, people, like, people would keep, like, would pick that option not knowing that that's what that meant. They thought it would be, like, give him a glass of whatever to drink. And then hitting him over the head and people were like, no, that's not what I wanted to do. There were, I definitely had, like, a handful of moments where I'm like, oh, shit, no, I didn't think that that was what was going to happen when I selected that. So I think... That happened a few times, but it was m- m- many more times where I picked something and Bigby would just do the most stupid face. <laughs> and he would just look ridiculous, and I was like, God, why did I pick this option? <laughs> yeah. He does have a very um, expressive face, let's yeah. say. That's, that's actually another thing, the... is I... Maybe this is, like, a really unpopular opinion, but I don't like the Telltale art style. I am not a fan of it. No. Yeah, no, it's... Like, it works okay for little kids. Like, it makes little kids look cool and cartoony, but then it... And in translating it to adults, it's just... Like, everybody has, like, a way bigger nose than they, like, normally would, and... I think part of it is that it, it is vastly at odds with the art style of the comic when ostensibly it. they're trying to emulate the art style of the comic. They, 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 I think they built a whole bunch of shaders and stuff um, specifically for this game to emulate a, like an inked appearance, mm-hmm. which is really cool, but then like putting that on top of the sort of like dopey telltale art style. It seems like sort of a waste. Ironically, it works super well with the Borderlands game because it's very close to Borderlands' art yeah. style. Yeah, I really like it both for Borderlands and for this game, actually. But not yeah. not the Walking Dead and not the Game of Thrones. Yeah, I haven't I haven't seen either of those, but I I, I didn't mind it here. I kind of enjoyed the, the art style well enough. I actually don't uh, mind it in The Walking Dead because The Walking Dead is a little bit less exaggerated. I think it's I think it's like so much exaggeration that really turns me off. Actually, I think I just hate Walking Dead. <laughs> I mean, general, I'm not, I'm not a fan thing. of I'm not a fan of like I have never watched the TV show. I I've like refused to watch the TV show, but I don't know. The game is the game is actually pretty like the first two even just the first one is actually like worth I think worth playing. Yeah, I'm not I'm not into zombie games enough to like I I dislike zombie games generally. So oh, yeah. I'm, even I mean, even if so they're yeah. narrative based zombie games, so I might skip that one. Yeah, that I mean it was it was like a huge exception to the typical rule for me is like ugh, zombies. I don't know. I I find the whole concept of zombies to be entirely overdone, and I played out. Yeah, I just don't care. Um, yeah. The only zombie media I would wholeheartedly recommend at this point is um, Warm Bodies, ah. which is sort of a parody of zombie media anyway. Yeah. Um, but yes, so the I did I had a few problems with this, um, like not not quite expecting to get what I was gonna get, that ended up 
some of which ended up having pretty big consequences. Like, my intention had been to, like, send the Toads and Colin both to the farm if I absolutely had to, but generally to be nice about it. Um, and because of some of the calls they asked me to make, I ended up sending the Toads and not sending Colin. <laughs> oh, no. And, uh, and Toad was like real pissed about that and justifiably so because it's clear favoritism yeah um and i'm like ah shit that's not how i wanted that to play out that's funny yeah i i think the farm farm for the record is the where the place where they send uh fables that don't look human so they can't blend in um so if you can't afford to get a glamour which will disguise you then you have to go out to this farm where like all the giants and animals and stuff live and uh Toad and, and his see, son. They seem to like dislike the farm. Yeah, hmm. yeah. It's, it's, it's described often as basically being like a prison, because they're not allowed to leave. Yeah. So it's. I mean, it's. It sounds like it's supposed to be kind of like a resort sort of thing, but like it's not well funded. And they they mention in the little. So periodically, as you're going through the game, you unlock little like backstory tidbits about like where, you know, what everything is and what what stories they come from and stuff. Um, and they say about the farm, like, it doesn't help that most of the people in positions of power in the farm are, the are like, humanoid fables, are, like, people who, who would be able to pass. Yeah. So there's, like, clearly, like, a political imbalance going on at the farm that's... Which yeah. is funny because, like, the whole... There's like a whole huge story arc about an uprising at the farm, um, where the the three pigs basically go all animal this farm. This is in the in the comics. In the comics, games. yeah, um, basically go all animal farm on, on the farm. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's pretty cute. That sounds interesting. Yeah, the comics. I like the comics. I have been reading a lot of them over the past week, just sort of to because I hadn't I hadn't read any of them since like high school. So it had been a long time for me. It sounds like some of the stuff in the comics is pretty dang goofy. Um, yep. And uh, this this game, for the most part, not that goofy. But uh, some of the stuff from the comics, like apparently, eventually, Snow White and uh, and the Big Bad Wolf have kids, and one of the kids is just wind. But see, that's that's the funny thing, is that it sounds so goofy, but then when it's, like, when you're in the story, like, um, like, Bigby's dad, like, so the kid's grandfather, like, hears about, oh, there's a Zephyr running around, that's what the kid is, he's a Zephyr, and he's like, well, Zephyrs are, like, he does not knowing that it's his grandson, and he's like, Zephyrs are basically, like, they we consider them birth defects among our kind, and we like slaughter them mercilessly. So the, gran- like, the grandfather is the North Wind, yeah. by the way. That's why this is possible. This all is yeah. possible. <laughs> so like, there's like this whole emotional scene where Snow like finds out that her child is that she has this other kid that she didn't even know about, and she's like, "You have to go. You can't stay here. We can't tell anybody about you." And it's like super serious, but without any of the context, it sounds really stupid. So, <laughs> that's sort of the thing, is that. There's a whole bunch of context uh, within it, and you you need it all. It doesn't make it less stupid, though. Oh, yeah. It just makes it, the, the presentation of it less stupid. There's, uh, there's some of the, some of that leaks a little bit into, um, <clears throat> like, the little fables entries that, they, that you unlock. Um, 
One of which apparently is is pretty silly in the game and is not actually part of the comics, which is the uh, the in-game explanation for how Bigby is able to turn, uh, since he's a big wolf, is how he's able to turn into a person. And according to the little Book of Fables segment, um, he he got cut with a like lycanthropy blade. Um, so, which I kind of I kind of love how silly that is because it implies the logic of if a human is tainted with werewolfism, they sometimes turn into a wolf. Therefore, if a wolf is tainted with yeah. werewolfism, they should sometimes turn into a human. That's such a that's such a weird explanation that they just like made up. Unless it's <laughs> unless it's canon, and I just because I've I've read about half of the comic series at at this point. Unless it like is actually canon, and they just haven't gotten to it yet. But I don't. I they really they've talked about it at length at this point, and that hasn't come up. So that's a really interesting thing. It's like okay, like I'm I'm okay with the like um the explanation of like okay he's a he's a big wolf because he is the son of like the wolf representing winter and the the north wind and because he's the child of the north wind he has that's why he has like his huff and puff powers mm-hmm. um it's like okay that's a that's actually a very elegant solution for the fact that you have to deal with a wolf who has huff and puff powers because yeah. that's what the story of the little yeah. pig is um, like that was a good explanation that feels like a fairy tale mm-hmm. like that feels like something that would be in a fairy tale but the lycanthropy blade thing is a little bit like um yeah i don't know yeah i don't know either it's it's interesting but there's a lot of weird stuff you have to justify in a story like this there is so Uh, much stuff i mean good really good job of like referencing fairy tales i think yeah and And how they can use yeah for the most part it seems like it works Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, given the vastness and inconsistency of all of the source material that the series in general is drawing from, um, they it's they do a really good job of like fitting it in fitting it together in a way that makes enough sense that you sort of let your suspension of disbelief just like carry the rest away. Mm-hmm. Which is sort of yeah, like the best you can hope for in this situation, yeah. I think. And as as Carl was saying earlier, like in general, their world building is pretty good. Like, mm-hmm. stuff feels like it has pretty logical and consistent rules. You sort of, you generally understand what the stakes are and, like, how these people are living. And it, it you know, has a very, uh, like, sort of on-the-nose, but well, well-crafted noir-like tone. Yeah. Um, that they really lean into. I don't know if the comics are as noir as the game is. Um but the the game is very noir for for a while um the like i would say like the first maybe third of the comics is a lot is a lot like this it's like fable town sort of internal affairs and interpersonal conflicts between you know people living in fable town and lots of like political uh intrigue and backstabbing and sort of like lots of, at a, lots at a of local gritty, level, lots of gritty like beating people up to get them to talk sort yeah. of things. Um, and then and then maybe after that first third, it becomes like the scale, the scope opens up vastly. Um, 
to a point where they're like at war with the adversary that has kicked them out of their homeland and like leading like commando raids on like the um the homelands that's the word i was trying to say you know trying to like get people out who are trapped there and trying to find information and it's it's a weird tonal shift and that's actually i think why i stopped reading the first time because that threw me off so hard but now i'm like this is a lot of really cool shit like they they have all of this source material and they really used it um in a lot of interesting and exciting ways so yeah I mean, it's also hard to keep up a noir story for mm-hmm. a long period of time. Yeah, yeah because, because it's, it's only so beaten it, up your main character can get yeah. it before it stops being believable. And it's also, like, it's almost all about the character character development of the main character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is definitely sort of the story of the big bad wolf trying to redeem himself and not be a villain. Like, that's the that's the central emotional crux of this narrative yeah and that that carries over through a lot of the like early arcs of the comic as well and of course yeah of course they had to open it up because this series ran for like 13 years i think and after a while of like the wolf being generally good like it stops being believable if he's still treated like a like a villain and people still don't trust him yeah yeah so um, all right, so since we have a, a um, sample size of three players, uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the decisions we made. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> See if we, we got any different ones. Um, if I remember them. Yeah. So uh, starting with the big one, um, what what did you do with the with the crooked man in the end? Because I I chose to imprison him and have him turned into a crow. Oh, that's threw what him down the witch, witch yeah, well. I, I threw him down the well too. Okay, there... I I chose to let him live, and if you do that, Auntie Greenleaf turns him into a crow who uh, and and a non-talking crow, so he can't like ah. silver tongue anybody. That's funny because yeah, there there are there are already already uh, humanoid crows in Fable Town actually. The the seven <laughs> ravens live in Fable Town except like four of them are dead, so. You know. <laughs> Let me let me just let me let me pull up the choices here. Okay. Um, okay, first episode. You wait, this is not Oh, this is not an important decision. Oh gosh, there's This is this is a list of all of the decisions. Okay. I think the first I want to know decision, the minor decisions. <laughs> no. I think the <laughs> the first major decision is you have you get a call from Toad saying, there's shit going down here, we need your help. Uh, also, you look in the magic mirror and you find Faith, the first girl who dies. Um, something is happening at her husband's apartment and you have to pick which one you go to. Do you go to Toad's apartment or do you go to Lawrence's apartment? I went Toad. Lawrence, because fuck Toad. <laughs> I... I... So my logic was that it seemed to me from what I saw in the mirror that Lawrence was already dead. And I gotta so say, I... I totally did the same thing the first time. Yeah, Because here. of the same reason. Yeah, same here. Yeah, because I'm like, well, if Lawrence is already dead, it seems like someone is, like, at Toad's place right now. 
Um, so, like, I could maybe catch them if I go there first, whereas the dead body's not getting any deader. So, uh, so I went to Toad's first, and it uh, turns out <laughs> Lawrence is not actually dead yet. Yeah. And if you go to Toad's, he will die. Yeah. yeah. If you go to Toad's first, Lawrence dies. So I failed to save Lawrence. That's okay, because he doesn't really do anything. Because, <laughs> you know... I I, oh, I he's that the first time. Never part of the story again. He he shows up in one scene. He shows up in the funeral scene, and he like you talk to him, and that's it. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay. So we were pretty split on that one. Let's see. Gosh, this this does just have every decision. This is gonna take a lot of a lot of scrolling through. Uh, I know the one I'm in has a. Has like sections at the end of each chapter that says like these are what the important decisions are. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. The other important decision. Oh, I think this might actually. No, that's not a link. Um, at the end of the first episode, did you arrest Tweedledee or did you arrest the woodsman? I arrested Tweedledee. Yep. Tweedledee again yep. because fuck Tweedledee. Did yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they seem to have, like, gone through some efforts to give a little bit of sympathy to the woodsman. Like, which is hard, because you first encounter him beating up a hooker. Like, it's... <laughs> you have to you have to do a lot to, like, make him sort of personable after that. But they, they do make him kind of, like, not a nice character, but at least sort of a, a pitiable character. Yeah. Where you're like, man, I mean, this guy's just, like, a sad guy whose life sucks. Like, just leave him alone. Yeah. I like the fact that you can get pretty far by being nice in this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. True. They they don't make you beat up a whole lot of people. They and give the people, you a lot of options to beat up a whole yeah. lot of people. And the people they do make you beat up are typically um, blatantly antagonistic towards you. Like, you know, you very rarely throw the first punch. Um, okay, chapter two. Uh, were, were you... Were you a jerk while you were intimidating, or not intimidating, um, interrogating Tweedledee? Or did I, you try to be the nice guy and, and let Bluebeard be the jerk? I wasn't sure how to be the nice guy. Like, I tried as much as I could, but I think I still got referenced, like, as being someone who beat up Tweedledee. No, that's, so that's, that's is, just what happens. Like, yeah, you can't get around that's it. That's super weird, because I did nothing to hurt him. I did every nice thing, and then the scene after with Snow, she's like, dude, what the fuck? See, my, my, the way I interpreted that is, because, so, you go through the interrogation scene, and eventually Bluebeard, who is in there, gets fed up, and he's like, ah, we need to beat the shit out of this guy, so he starts, like, beating the crap out of him, and then Snow walks in. So, my, my understanding is that Snow, like, sees you in the room, sees Bluebeard beating up your prisoner, and just assumes that you were complicit in that. Yeah. Without asking what happened. Yeah, without ever actually <laughs> telling the truth, and you don't say anything about it because Telltale Game, it has to all go the same way. Yeah. But I stopped Bluebird. Can you yeah. do that? Yeah. You can. Yeah, you can try. Like, it'll it'll like look like you two are fighting. Like you sort of pull him off, and then Bluebird, I think, goes to like start hitting you, because Bluebeard is a jerk. And then Snow comes in, and she's like, "What the fuck is going on?" I go and then away you're like, for a day. um, you're alive? What? Yeah. Let's see. Um, that that one didn't matter. Oh, okay. Was there, 
Hmm? Was there a thing in the first chapter about, like, um, is whether or not you sort of tattle on, like, beauty running off one of the important decisions? I don't I don't think so. I don't think that actually has any bearing on... Because okay. I, I played it both ways and it didn't seem to do anything. So, okay. I mean, she, she gets pissed off. Yeah. Like, but but in, in terms of, like, the, the greater, you know, like... In, in chapter two, Beast is still going to find you at the hotel with his wife and assume that he's that you're sleeping with his wife and he's still going to attack you. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, the the other decision at the end of the chapter is do you do you keep beating up Beast while he's still down or do you like let him let him up? No, like who the fuck beats up Beast <laughs> when he's down? Like I know. That's... I think that was one of those like you and ninety eight percent of people didn't like keep beating beating yeah. on beast. Yeah. Um, as much as I hate beast, I didn't beat him up. Yeah. <laughs> actually, that. I, hmm. I didn't actually hate beast until the scene where you go to their apartment, and you find out they're like yuppies living beyond their means because yeah. they're like quote-unquote accustomed to a certain lifestyle and it's like oh grow the fuck up you two it's it's really funny like after having reread a bunch of the comics like all of the main characters in this game i feel like are just less interesting versions of their counterparts of themselves in the comic except for beauty and beast they're just like yeah. that they're just annoying like always <laughs> um let's see uh chapter three that's that's just another like which place do you go first and I don't think it really actually matters. Is that the the butcher versus the um... No, it's it's do you go to it, oh, you're looking right. for info so it's do you go to Crane's apartment? Do you go oh, to Crane's yeah. office? Do you go to the bar? What the what the hell is the stuff that um that Bluebeard burns um in Crane's apartment cuz I went um I went first to the bar. And then I went to Crane's apartment to find that Bluebeard had, like, burned a bunch of Crane's shit. Um, so what do you what do you find if you go to the apartment first? I'm no looking... Idea. I went to Holly's. Which one, oh, which if one did you, you go? If you, oh. The bar. And then... Because you get to go to two places, right? You get to go... Yeah, you go oh, to... yeah I went to Crane. Okay, so you did the same as I did. Apparently, if you go to Crane's place first, Bluebeard then will go to the Tweedle's place. So you don't get the scene with the burning? I I, I don't remember. It's been a long time since I... Because this time I did the, the bar and the Tweedle's office, and I didn't go to Crane's apartment. But last time, like a couple years ago, I, I went to Crane's place. So think... the thing you find at the at the bar is like the book of addresses, and the thing that you find at um, the Tweedles place. I guess you get to go to all three because I think I went to after going to Crane's place. I went to the Tweedles last, um, and at the Tweedles place you find like a like the secret door, and you you get a thing that you can cross reference with the address book. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in, so... the, in the Tweedles office you find like the secret area or whatever the like stash of stuff that yeah. they deliver and that like gives you a, a hint about how to get to how to find the crooked man well how to find Auntie Greenleaf who will like then help you find the crooked man theoretically mm-hmm. um but yeah no maybe I'll look I'll look into my little walkthrough here um cause I'm I'm curious what the heck is the stuff that that uh 
that gets burned in that room because it's like a photo, a book, and a clock are all burned in the fireplace. Oh, you know, I remember that now, and I don't, I don't remember that actually ever being addressed later. I know there was a whole thing about how Crane was like embezzling money from Fable Town, so I'm wondering if that's evidence of that. But Bluebeard wouldn't be burning that evidence. Bluebeard would is one of the people who like funds Fable Town. So if yeah. if Crane is embezzling, that he's literally just stealing Bluebeard's money. Uh, um, okay, let's see. Next decision. Um, did did you burn the tree? If you choose, if you choose Crane's room, it says you make a deal with Jack. Um, oh, maybe Jack is already there stealing stuff. Oh yeah, Jack is it? already there stealing stuff. I, oh yeah, actually yeah, I think I went there the first time I played a game. Yeah, and Jack is robbing the place, I guess. Yeah. What deal do you make with Jack? I don't I'm remember. Not, I'm at not all. sure. <laughs> Clearly, it was not that interesting since. I mean, no, no one likes Jack happen. anyway. Jack Horner, that is, by the way. Yep. For people listening. Jack of Tales, Jack of the Beanstalk, Jack of Giant is Slaying. He, is he that Jack too? I thought he's, it, I thought Jack Horner was a different Jack. He's so he's listed as Jack Horner in the credits, but in in the comics he's just Jack of Tales. So he's Jack and the Beanstalk. He's all the Jacks. Slays, not I don't think he's all of them, but he's a lot of them. Like he's of that Jack, and he's Jack of Jack and Jill, and he's Jack of um I don't know Jack be nimble. Um, okay. Just just like how Prince Charming is is one Prince Charming, and he Who's was married slept to a lot of ladies. Yeah, he was. He's the ex-wife of not only Snow White but also the ex, Sleeping the Beauty. Yeah, ex. Whatever. <laughs> um, of not only Snow White but also uh, Briar Rose and Cinderella. <laughs> so. Yep. And he's just a womanizer and a conniving gentleman, but also one of the most interesting characters. Funny how that works. Um, Okay, next decision. uh, Burn the tree, don't burn the tree. Don't burn the tree. I didn't burn the tree. Carl, did you burn the tree? Uh, I kind of burned the tree. (laughs) Oh no, Carl! Oh, what happened? Did she get real mad? Oh, it says no yeah. consequences. It says no consequences in this episode, which is funny. Yeah, then that's the same thing as saying she got mad. Yeah, basically. Um, I mean, you say no consequences, but there's definitely a scene in the like final confrontation um, with the with the crooked man where like. Oh yeah, that is true. They they ask about that. Yeah. And she says like, oh, she, you know. Snow wanted to to burn my tree down, but like Bigby Bigby stopped her and didn't do it. Like Yeah, I forgot about that. So that was definitely referenced. Yeah. I don't know, that's Oh, okay. It says no consequences like in this episode. So it's saying that uh, the consequences don't come up until later. That makes sense. Um and then the last choice of that episode is did you kill Tweedledum or did you not kill Tweedledum? In the, no, I in wanna, the alleyway confrontation. I want to hear other people's responses to this first. I didn't kill him. Carl? Um, I'm going to sound like a mean person now. Did you totally kill him? <laughs> I totally killed him. That was, a, that was a tough call for me. So, So here's what happened to me. I was playing it, 
and I got very caught up in the moment of the werewolf action sequence, and I totally killed him. By accident? And that, no, no, on purpose. Oh, I'm okay. like, roar, I am wolf, hear me roar. And uh, I happened to be playing with Huck next to me, and he's like, that's really out of character for you. I can't believe you killed him. And I felt so bad I quit and restarted before the save. Oh, that's hilarious. I was sort of caught up, I think. Yeah. Because that doesn't seem like a decision I would make. <laughs> Even though, I mean, it's pretty unlikable. Yeah, super duper He's such unlikable. a jerk, and They're every time he's tried to be nice to either of them in any point previous, they've been jerks about it. Yeah. And so, like, he's just, if I let him go, he's not gonna, like, he won't appreciate this mercy. He'll just continue to be an asshole at me. Yeah. Um, and then, so I was like, fuck it, kill him. And then I did, and then I'm like, ah, but Snow White's there, and, like, she saw me kill him, and, like... I'm supposed to be redeeming this character. Yeah, like, that's that's literally the only thing that, that made me not kill him was, well, I'm trying to, like, mend my ways and not be such a bad guy, so I guess I'll just let him go, even though he doesn't deserve it. He really doesn't deserve it. Okay, uh, episode four, important choices. Oh, did you try to take Nerissa's ribbon off? Uh, I don't think so. I think I just, like, um... No, who does that? I don't know. Apparently well, some people did. If you don't know the fable, then I could see yeah. you maybe trying to yeah, take it off. No, even if you don't know, you kind of suspect it's really freaking important. Yeah, they, they hit pretty strongly. Like, And, there's, there's... and if you get the decision, like, take like, her ribbon... Yeah, there's, there's two dialogue options. There's one that's, like... Can we take the ribbon off? There's one that's can we break the spell, and the third one's just do it. Don't even ask. Just take the thing off, which results, uh, if you haven't played the game, results in the death by beheading, magical beheading. Of... Oh shit! So you can actually kill her in that sequence? Yeah, you can. I well, at least what? I think so. I had assumed that like if you went for the ribbon to try and take it off, she would still stop you. I, I think you actually can kill her. Maybe not. Maybe maybe she does stop you, but there is still like the the attempt to do it. Now that I'm looking that at seems, it, that seems that seems like that's crazy. Because I, I if you, yeah, if you I don't her I don't think you actually can because you need her at the last. I was gonna say chapter. I don't. Maybe she doesn't come up in the last minute, but then the ending of the game would be kind of weird. Yeah. Okay. It does say it's just you attempt to take it off. Oh, okay. All but right. Still, man, why would you do that? <laughs> Um, yeah, if that was the 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 story in the in the story I'm familiar with, it's a green ribbon, not a purple ribbon. Mm-hmm. Um, but the story of the green ribbon, like, was one of my most like traumatic childhood stories. Like, for some reason, that story scared the hell out of me, even though it's not really that frightening. It's funny because that's actually one that I like was not familiar with um, before before this. Like, that's just one of the little to- stories that I. It was never exposed to, yeah, which I sounds like that's a good thing. Sure. But it's uh, it was in like a little book I had of the like scary stories for kids oh. kind of thing growing up. Yeah. Um, and it's in in the the version I had. Um, she's like this girl, and she has like a green ribbon, and um, she gets married to a guy, and she like makes him promise that he must never ask about the green ribbon. And then, uh, like, he 
like they lived together for a long time for like many years and then at one point like he can't stand it and he just says like I really really need to know like you know what is this green ribbon you know like why why do you always wear it and uh she says something like are you know are you prepared to live with the consequences if I if I show you what it is and he says yes and she takes the ribbon off and her head falls off and that's the end of the story and it's like for some reason that was like the scariest possible thing for yeah. me as a child that sounds pretty that's pretty heavy <laughs> mm. so all the the way that's referenced in this game for again for listeners mm-hmm. who haven't played it um, is that all of the girls who work at this uh, this strip club have a purple ribbon around their necks um, that is has a spell on it such that they they can't talk about anything that happens, which is how they supposedly like protect their clients' privacy, so that like the girls don't talk about who they're sleeping with, is uh, is because they literally can't because they're under a curse. Yeah, and they're not allowed to say anything about the curse they're under, and if they try and take the ribbon off, it beheads them, like this their heads is, fall off. This is a lot like Hustle Cat. <laughs> In, in some ways, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You uh, you have to romance. You have to romance your boss. In in this, and also in Hustle Cat. I mean, you don't actually romance your boss. They they imply it though, which is weird because they shouldn't be implying it yet. Anyway, um, next next decision. Did you go to the pawn shop or the butcher shop first? Uh, pawn shop sounded more interesting to me. Yeah. Pawn shop sounded more interesting. It was completely useless. Yep. I, I think yep. you get basically the same everything um, both times. I I went to the pawn shop the first time, and I went to the butcher shop the second time that I played it. I mean, you do go to both. It's just, like, the events that happen uh, at each place are slightly different. Yeah, um, I, I was really curious about what their interpretation of the Jersey Devil would be, because I, I find that an interesting mythological yeah. sort of character. And uh, and I thought their mon- his monster form was pretty cool. Yeah. Like, in general, I really liked the monster designs in this game. I thought they did, like, a really good job of making things look, like, cool but scary, but I, not, like, too scary. I feel like a lot of that is, like, this, you know, sort of game design-y compulsion to have cool monsters, because, like... Apart from Bigby, none of those other characters show up in the comics. Like, Grendel doesn't, Bloody Mary doesn't, the Jersey Devil doesn't. Like, there are some trolls, but none of these trolls. Um, mm-hmm. So it's like, man, we need some cool monsters for this game. Let's, let's, we need some let's, transformations. Yeah, we need some <laughs> glowing green light transformations. We need some off-screen transformations. Make for it this happen. Game. But yeah, the Jersey Devil was by far, like, my favorite. My favorite, like, ancillary character that is unique to this, because I just, I love the concept of just, like, this balding old man, this balding East Coast Hot man. Yeah. Kind who... of, kind of, and he looks like, kind of like a New Jersey sort of, yeah. sort of guy. And he's got, like, the accent, and his monster form is super cool. It's just, like, a, a thing with a skeleton head, a deer skeleton head. And that's yep. awesome. And it's like elongated with like big black claw hands and things. Yeah. It's very it's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the the monster designs were were pretty radical, just across the board in this. Um, so yeah, you you go to the pawn shop and you you fight him, um, and then you can go to the butcher shop and you find like the secret sort of chemistry classroom. <laughs> it's not a chemistry classroom. Uh, in the back of the pawn shop, not the pawn shop, the butcher shop where they're making something secret secret black market magic 
that you're not allowed to know about yet. Um, and then you find the mirror that Crane stole. Um, and yeah. Which lets you find the doorway to get to the Crooked Man. Mm-hmm. And then that's the next... Which, I, that was another cool little, like, piece of, uh, sort of magical world-building thing. Like, the, the Crooked Man lives in, like, a an old desanctified church that, uh, there's no doors to. The only way you can get into it is through this portal that's uh, like a sigil on a door, mm-hmm. but which door it's on keeps changing. Yeah, it's it's so, like, like a weird extra-dimensional space, which is so cool. Yeah, it was a sort of like Howl's Moving Castle kind of thing. Yeah. In a way that it, it felt really neat, and like I was like, oh man, I really want to like write a space like this for a D&D campaign <laughs> at some point, because this is pretty neat. Yeah, that's actually a really good idea. Okay, so chapter five, final chapter. Uh, we already talked about did we kill or not kill Georgie. Um, the next one is did you kill the crooked man or not? I did not. Um... Yeah, neither did I. Nope. I, I mean, oh, and then the, the the next one is um, what's your decision at the end of the trial? Throw him down the well, or kill him, or lock him up. And yeah, mine was I, lock him up. I threw him down the well. I down the well. Yeah. I feel like a bad person now thinking about the decisions I made. <laughs> You know what? In I don't. Retrospect. I don't feel bad about that one because literally the only other person arguing to not throw him down the well was Auntie Greenleaf, and I don't think she's entirely trustworthy. But everyone's like, "Yeah, throw him down the well or kill him." <laughs> so it's like, yeah, okay. I don't feel so bad. Like at it's least a, I have the public on my side. It's weird because I played it picking like the nicest option in every conversation throughout the whole game. Yeah. I mean, at least that wasn't the meanest option. The meanest option was literally tear his head off. Yeah. So you, you didn't do that. If you had done that, I would have been like, Carl, why are you you okay? Do we need to talk about this? <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I mean, it's the merciful death option. Yeah. Um, I, Did you guys send uh, Colin and the toad to the farm? I I, apparently I sent Toad oh. and not Colin. I, my intent was to send both of them, but I, I failed. I, I didn't send them. I, I ended up, um, oh, what was it? Oh, when, when you, um, when you find that money in Crane's coat, there's like, you find the, the mirror shard and also a big wad of money. And I took the big wad of money and I gave it to Toad so that he could glamour his family. <laughs> because... I, I knew I, that that would be coming up, so I was like, whatever, fuck Crane, he doesn't need this money. Yeah, I was, so I didn't offer him the money because I thought, like, I'd already offered him money in the past and he had refused it, oh, um, yeah, so I just, I assumed he just wouldn't take it. Yeah, that's, if you go to the pawn shop first, then, then you run into Toad there, and if you go to the pawn shop second, you don't run into Toad, um, you run into the woodsman instead. Does that happen? You run into the woodsman anyway. Okay, I couldn't remember if that he, was... Like, he helps you fight the Jersey Devil. Yeah, that's right. I didn't remember if that scene had changed. But yeah, so on, on this playthrough, I didn't run into Toad at the pawn shop. So I had not already had that refusal. Mm, interesting. I, I mean, he might not refuse it again if you, like, offer it again. Yeah, um, I don't remember. I think the first time yeah. I didn't have the money to offer him anyway, because I was like, oh, I'm going to be nice, I'm not going to take this money from Crane's coat, but Crane doesn't deserve it. Yeah, well, the 
my my logic on taking the money from Crane was he's been in, this is not his money this is Fable Town's money he's been embezzling now it's yours everybody. yeah <laughs> well I don't know I could return it or something yeah. I don't know I'll put it to better use was the point yeah I totally sent both of them to the farm <laughs> well I, I mean they Colin. were breaking the rules I didn't send yeah. Colin I like Colin. Colin's. I would, uh, how if can I you like Colin? One, if I sent one and not the other, I would have rather sent Colin and not the Toads. But I didn't send any of them. Colin's. Stop trying to be a good person. I can't. <laughs> it's okay. Colin. Colin dies pretty quickly in the comics anyway, so it's okay. It's all moot. Yeah, he does. He does, and then his ghost shows up a lot. Like, which is the? Which of the three little pigs is he? He's. Uh, it doesn't actually explicitly say like which one was which. It's I just mean, you, there were three you, of them. And you down his them. house. Hmm. Yeah, but you blew you blow down two of the three houses. Yeah. So I guess that it, means he's either third. he's either hay or wood, I guess. Yeah, and I, I I mean you know either way they actually they all die because, um, uh, Colin is like in charge of trying to steal keys from the woodland office because uh, the other two pigs uh, Posey and Dunn are the two pigs that are in charge of the uh, uprising at the farm so he comes back and he has not fulfilled his mission so they kill him oh, and leave his head on a pike in a in a uh, Lord of the Flies reference um, and then those two pigs end up being executed for like treason later on it's Welp. yep <laughs> And then the three other pigs, or three the three giants, get turned into pigs, because the giants don't like being asleep forever. Because they're like they have to be magically asleep so that they don't fuck up the Mundy world. Um, mm -hmm. But they're the pigs are dead, so they're like, well, we need no, we need more pigs. Let's turn these giants into pigs. I guess that'll work. It's sure. interesting. Yeah. Right. That's the thing. Yep. That's the thing. Okay. Sure, why not? So we, we, um, we talked about a lot of the game. Do we have any more to talk about? Yeah, I, I want to mention um, what I thought was... So so there's a like that climactic quick time event with Bloody Mary towards the very end of the game, which is, I think, super cool. It's It's got some silliness to it as fights go, um, but it's it, like, it feels like a boss fight um, in a way that's yeah. pretty cool. Um, but then after that, you get the sort of trial sequence, which feels like actually the like the final boss fight of the game. And it's really cool to me that like a narrative-driven game has a conversational boss fight. Yeah, I agree. Like with that. I think that's great. <laughs> it, it does a really good job of like even even if in true Telltale fashion your decisions don't matter that much, it at least keeps track. And it brings those things back up to say, like, eh, I was watching Yeah, you. it's like, okay, you you are also sort of on trial for everything you've done in the game so far. Mm -hmm. And what I like about it is it's like, okay, this whole game has been about how, like, it's real easy to just give in and hit somebody. But it's hard to create, like, a new order and actually make things work in a reasonable way. And, like, you know, have a... <laughs> have a good functioning society. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, your boss fight is without hurting anyone, like have a have a conversation where you try to reason with the crowd 
and sway them to your side against mm-hmm. like a, a silver-tongued devil who is very persuasive. Yeah. Like that's so, a great concept for a narrative boss fight. Even if I it really, doesn't have any actual consequences. I really like the idea of it, but it feels so it feels like yeah, now we're going to bring up every choice you have made in this game. Don't, rather don't they, than what they actually think and feel. Don't they do that in Chrono Trigger too? <laughs> Isn't uh, there, little, there's, there's like a courtroom scene where like some of your like n- weird like I didn't think this was gonna matter, but then it comes up and it's like it totally does matter. Yeah, that's I mean that's a cute that's the cute little gimmick thing that yeah. Chrono Trigger does, but they only do it once and it's towards the beginning of the game. Yeah. So it's like doesn't have this one has weight because it's like the sum total of the entire mm-hmm. five episodes that you've played up until that point. True. Uh, and yeah, I I mean I agree with you, Carl, that like there's some parts about it that could have been executed a little better but i think overall i was like i was pretty impressed with it like at at the very least on a conceptual level but i actually think the execution was okay yeah it's not it perfect but it was pretty good it, it felt uh, like it felt like there were some stakes there yeah and even though i knew like there, there's probably not a way that i can lose this I definitely felt like oh shit no i need to i need to keep them on my side i need to convince people that yeah and, right. You know, I think that's like the I know real I strength. have a really weak Yeah, I know yeah. I have a really weak case here with no evidence, but I have to talk them into this. Yeah, and I think that's like the real strength of a telltale game is not in like, oh, we've got these incredibly complex branching narratives, but in the fact that even if you know that it's an illusion, it's they still make the stakes feel sufficiently high. Yeah. And yeah. It's not about whether you're choices actually mean anything it's about whether you feel like your exactly choices and they do a pretty good job of making you feel that just consistently yeah. so that's why as much as i will gripe about the telltale system uh if if another game comes out that is related to a property that i actually care about i will probably play it so there's that but that doesn't... I might i might actually get around to finishing uh tales from the borderland at some point yeah and that's the thing i, th- I think that i think they're making like Lego Batman the Telltale game, which is <laughs> isn't it was Telltale doing the like narrative Minecraft? Yeah, they did that yeah. as well. Okay. They that do everything. Be, that might be that might be cute to look into. I don't know. Not really. Let's see. No. I don't think it's gonna work the same way other Telltale games work. Oh, I because guess Minecraft is so dependent on you actually building your own world. Yeah, I, I'm sort of interested to see how that one plays out. Oh, it's it's Telltale's not doing Lego Batman. It's just regular Batman. I don't know why I thought it was Lego Batman. <laughs> okay. So uh, there's going to be just a straight-up Batman Telltale game? Yeah. Um, that, they... could, that could either be really interesting or terrible. Oh, it's supposed to come out this summer. They, they, they only announced it, like, what, at South by Southwest this year? So that's, like, a pretty yeah. quick turnaround in terms of... I mean, they make, like, 30 games a year. Yeah. I imagine once you have that engine, you know, you just yeah. need the assets and stuff. Oh, speaking of the assets, and though, they I was... they don't in... need their own IP. Yeah. yeah, that's true. So there's, yeah, there's only stuff after you make. But uh, speaking of the assets, I love the voice acting in this. The voice like, acting they, was good, yeah. They really went, the like, above and beyond to make sure they got good voice acting, which is important in a game like this. Yeah, um... 
maybe I just have low standards because of how, all the shitty voice acting in the games we've been playing. But uh... no, I think I mean Telltale generally does a pretty good job. Um, I'm trying to remember. I know, I know the guy who voiced Bluebeard is the guy who voices the main character in The Walking Dead. He had a very like he had a voice that I, like I'm sure I've heard somewhere else. Um, but I couldn't, like, place it offhand. I'm yeah, like, this is probably a guy who's in, like, 20 different things that I know. He's been in a lot of stuff. Let's see. Um, he's got a sort of generic, like, deep, slightly villainous voice thing oh, he going was, on. He was, he was in Tales from the Borderlands. He's he's done a lot of Telltale stuff. Like, he was in Tales from the Borderlands and also in Minecraft Story Mode. And this, and The Walking Dead. So, um, let's was see. He, has he been in any, like, cartoons or TV stuff? TV stuff. Those those are live action credits, I think. Um, Archer, I might Ben Ten, <laughs> yeah. Darkwing. I mean, these aren't like super uh, huge credits. Most of them are just like additional voices or like random character. Oh, I see. Um, All right. Yeah. Most most of his credits are from video games. He sounds like he should be someone who like voiced somebody on uh, on gargoyles or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> he does. He has. He does have that kind of voice. But let's see. He was in Star Wars: The Clone Wars. Let's see. Video still games. Have to see that. Uh, Batman Origins and Arkham Knight. Uh, Fallout. What's, what's his name? What's his name actually? <laughs> it's oh, it's Dave <laughs> Fenoy. Dave Fenoy. F-E-N-N-O-Y. Um, Good I, on you, I, I Dave thought, Fenoy. I thought I said that, but I guess I didn't. <laughs> oh, he was in um, the one of the King's Quest games. Air, Air Today, Gone Tomorrow. That's what, six? King's Quest six? Yeah. Wait. He was the pawn that's shop the owner. Is that... That's that's the that's the where you take a mint, is the pawn shop, right? Yeah. That's Okay, yeah. that's the guy. He's the pawn shop owner. <laughs> yeah, it's the guy from whom you take a mint. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a lot of other things, but that's, that's really, that's his most important credit. So. <laughs> yeah, that's the one we care about. Well, there no, we you don't go. even care about him. We care about his mints. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Well, that mystery has been solved. <laughs> so how do you feel about episodic, episodic games? Because I'm sort of like, I, I don't know. It, on one hand, it feels like the segment is pretty perfect for creating an emotional arc. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like but... the pacing of playing it. I'm not sure I like the pacing of the release of an episodic game. Since we're no, because I Kentucky Route I Route. totally forget everything that happens up until that point whenever yeah. I play. It's one of those things, yeah. like, it's it's nice that they have the previously on The Wolf Among Us, but when you're playing them all in a straight shot, those things are so long. <laughs> like, they take forever to sit through. And first they have to sit through a next episode, and then yeah. you have to sit, sit through yeah. it previously. And, I mean, and you have to sit through, like, the, the credit roll in between those two. Yeah, the, the credit roll is annoying, but you can yeah. skip that. Like, yeah. you can hit escape to skip that. that um, is true. But, yeah, I... I liked playing it in the episodic way because I liked uh, I, they're really good spots to take a break mm-hmm. where I'm like, okay, I'm going to play till the end of this 
you know, this episode tonight, and then I'm going to be done. And then you play to the end of the episode, and it gives you, like, a little teaser. And, you know, I think it, the things that work for it are the same things that work for, like, episodic television. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, I mean, you know, it, it's, I feel like it, gives you, in... it gives you a sense of anticipation. It gives you good pausing points. It like it, it's good on refreshing you in case you forgot stuff if you have been pausing. Um, so that's nice. I don't think like if I if I played one and then like the next one came out six months later, I don't think I would remember anything from the last one, and I don't think that previously on would really help that much. And it's not also about remembering. It's also about you sort of kill the emotions you had. Yeah. The previous episode. Yeah, the tension's all gone. <laughs> if it, yeah, if I was playing this the way like episodic TV worked, that I was like playing it once a week, I think that would be the perfect amount of reminder. <laughs> Man, I'm I'm looking at the release dates. So episode one came out October fifteenth, two thousand. Oh wait, no, that's sorry, that's that's the PS3. Okay, October eleventh, two thousand thirteen. Episode two, February fourth. Episode 3, April 8th, a month later. Episode 4, May 27th, like a little over a month later. And then the last one was in July. That's a weirdly... That's... I didn't realize that it was sort of so weirdly spaced out like that, but I guess it is. Yeah, that's not too bad. But then you've got... I mean, then you've got the problem of, like, um, frickin' Kentucky Route Zero, yeah. which I love to bits, mm-hmm. which has had, like, years now between episodes... <laughs> Hey man, they just sent out an email like a couple weeks ago. Did they? Yeah, I'm subscribed. I don't. I don't think it said like I think, I think it said, "Hey guys, we'll have more news for you soon." <laughs> Which like I you know I, I I I don't actually begrudge them the time. Yeah. Like I want them to make it good, but in terms of like, I you know I'm gonna have to play that entire game in one sitting. Like I couldn't ju- I can't just play them as they come out. Every time a new episode comes out, I have to play the entire thing again because yeah. I don't remember nearly enough of it. Well, and I mean <laughs> that's, that's why I wait with that game. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. It's it's hard to wait because it's so fucking perfect. Good in yeah. every other way. Like mm. yeah, yeah. I played Life is Strange, and uh, I played like every episode on release, and it was sort. It felt awkward. Yes. It took a while to tap into the game. Yeah, yeah, because you're you're not in that world anymore. You're sort of not in the immersed mode of remembering what what you what the stakes are and why you care about these characters. And yeah. on one hand, it is like you know also sort of nice. It's like okay, here's this game that you've paid for the entire thing up front, and then like every so often, it's like oh, I have this new thing I can play. Just like they just gave it to me. It's a present for me. Yeah. Like it's, a it's also for... super easy if it's just like it's just an episode. It's not gonna take too long. Yeah, I like, can yeah. just sit down and enjoy this. Yeah, mm-hmm. these were like roughly. I was impressed by how evenly timed they were. It was like, um, it was like almost exactly like between like an hour and a half and two hours yeah. per episode. Mm-hmm. Which I think I think. I guess that's easy to do with a Telltale game because, like, the timing is pretty predictable. Yeah, I think prior to starting this current playthrough, I had, like, exactly ten hours on Steam or something. Which, yeah, roughly two hours per episode, which... Yeah. Good job. And I... I, I, ended, I ended up only playing eight hours, which I know the first three episodes took me two hours each. So I guess the last two I must have gone through pretty quickly. Yeah. But... 
Hmm. But yeah, good good game. I like the Telltale formula. Um, I so Huck had um, had some problems with it. He was watching me play the first bit, and he could not get over the like constantly feeling like you're missing something because you made a decision that's irrevocable. Yeah. And normally that bothers the hell out of me in games. <laughs> um, but somehow this game like was pretty good at at easing me off that, and uh, like that like makes choices me. great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't choose both. You have to make one choice. Yeah. Yeah, that's well, that's certainly what makes choices important. But he he just you know he he felt too much like uh, you know. Like, well, but what was that other choice? What would that have been? <laughs> yeah, I feel I feel that like that 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 does often act as like a deterrent for me. Like, oh, well, I can't if there's a fork in the road, I'm going to go down one fork and then I'm going to turn around and I'm going to go back down the other fork for a while and see which one I like better and then <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly how I play stuff too. So this was a little bit like um like training wheels for getting over that. Yeah. Or, like, the thing where it's like, well, I'm going to go in the direction that is obviously a dead end, just to see what's yeah. there. You know? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So explore absolutely I, I everything you I was like that before. Hmm? But no, no, I was like that before, but I, I don't even like that anymore. <laughs> you've got, you've because, gotten over it. Yeah. I feel like if, if I can't choose both, it, what's the point? <laughs> yeah. But if there's extra, like, ammo or a health pickup at the other end of that dead end, then that's worth mm, it. I, yeah, but I wouldn't know that. Yeah. Oh. Decisions. <laughs> I feel like stuff doesn't exist until I come in contact with it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's fair. That's a way, yeah. That's a way of living your life. Hmm. Anyway, I think have we exhausted? I'm out. I think that's I think that's uh that's what we have to say about. Do we want to just double check the forums and make sure that? I feel bad that I keep I keep telling people like, hey, um, put your put your stuff on the forums and we'll talk about it. But people haven't been talking about it on the forums. Yeah. So I, if you're I, listening I to this and you want to play these games with us, come talk about it on the forums. Yeah. And. Uh, and we will uh, we'll talk about your opinions on the podcast. Or, for God's sake, come be a guest on the podcast. <laughs> we like doing that with people. Yeah. No, no talk. No talk about yep. this game. So that's no fine. No one said anything. Folks, if you want to talk about this game, you can also keep talking about this game after we've talked about it on the it's forums, true. if you want. Mm-hmm. The forum exists for a lot of reasons. <laughs> All right. Shall uh, I intro the next game then? Yes. All right. Uh, over the next two weeks, uh, we will be playing Mushroom Eleven. Uh, so Mushroom Eleven is an indie game by the team Untame, possibly also Untame, but I I assume Untame. Um, <laughs> that's that's a great <laughs> reading. <laughs> that was what I first thought it was because I was in like assuming Japanese names for some reason. Right. Um, but I, then I looked at it. And I'm like, oh no, that's a that's sort of a word, untame. 
Okay. Um, and they're from Brooklyn, so I don't think they would pronounce it in a Japanese way. <laughs> I hope they do. <laughs> oh. um, but it's uh, it's primarily a, like a husband-wife couple um, who are making the game with some uh, some additional team members who do um, you know like art and sound and stuff. Um, and Mushroom Eleven is uh, a game where in in a possibly post-apocalyptic world. You play a, a mold. You play a little, a little piece of mold, and uh, the primary verb is grow. Um, so you can, you're. If this is so. This is very difficult to explain verbally, but um, when you see it, it's like immediately intuitive uh, how it works. But basically, you get like this little splotch that's made up of these squares, and as you erase, you can use your cursor to erase squares on one side, and then they grow out of other parts of the mold. So you use this to sort of move it around the environment. And it's a kind of puzzle platformer thing. You have to like grow around things to avoid hazards and, you know, climb up things and, and fight fight enemies and like things like that. Sacrifice bits of your body in order to yeah. proceed, yeah. Yeah, leave a bit of yourself behind to hold down a switch as you continue on, that kind of thing. Um, I played a little piece of a demo of it um, several years ago at Indicade. Um, I played the iPad version, which is like actually probably the most natural uh, interface. But unfortunately, I don't think they've released the iPad version yet. So we'll be playing the uh, the PC version, which still looks pretty cool. Um, and I really, really loved the demo when I played it. Like it's such a cool concept and so like different in feel from anything else that I've played that uh, I'm I'm really excited to try it out. Um, so yeah. It should be should not be too long. Um, I think I looked up uh, how long, and it was like seven hours or something. All right, yeah. Uh, I'm also looking forward to this one because I'm gonna try playing it with my uh, drawing tablet and see how that goes. <laughs> since it's the closest I so thing nice. I have to touch controls at my disposal. I mean, I think That's actually I think I think my tablet might support touch controls. I'm not sure though. Either way, I don't think I would do that anyway. I don't like getting greasy handprints all over my all over my That's... hardware. So that's fair. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there aren't that many people who've actually played it on how long to beat. <laughs> so I guess your times may vary, but it looks like it's like five to seven hours. So right. not, not a huge game, but it looks like it's going to be sort of fun and weird and, and interesting. So yeah, let, let us know how the touchpad or how the, the, the Wacom, uh, Wacom thing goes. Yes. <laughs> Wacom play. I'll report back. And that'll be great. Um, yeah. So try that out and, Talk about it on the forums with us, and and come back in two weeks, and we'll talk about it on on in your ears in yes. this fashion. We will we will I'm, beam straight to your brain via the internet. I'm gonna and be so nice. obsessed about the camera movement because the only <laughs> thing I know about this game is basically a talk about the camera movement in oh, it. Oh yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay, I'll pay special attention to the camera so that we can uh, we can discuss it next time. Cool. All right. So I guess we should plug stuff. Yeah. I I guess I guess I'll plug stuff first. Um, yeah. I I am at Kelso Time Bomb on Twitter. I also sort of do the Feedback Force Twitter at Feedback Force. That's pretty pretty self-explanatory. Uh, on Fridays I do a community stream called One of Us. Um, at 6 p.m. on 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 the internet on Twitch next this coming Friday we will 
be having JDATs, and he will be playing more of his um, tank-based dating sim so. game and doing lots of accents. And after that, um, the calendar is like literally just totally wide open. So if you would like to do a one of us time slot, send me a tweet at Kelso Time Bomb. I will put you on the calendar. It'll be great. We have a lot of fun. Next. <laughs> Yay. Um, I do the, uh, every Sunday I do the Uncaged Fury stream, um, where right now I'm playing Majora's Mask. Uh, we're getting actually pretty close to the end. I think we're about to go into, uh, next week we'll be in the, the final dungeon. So... Or at least the final of the four dungeons. There may be an additional like end dungeon. I'm not sure. Nice. Um, but yeah, so we're we're getting down to the end of Majora's Mask, and then I think after that we're going to play Earthbound. Um, so that's going to be exciting. You uh, just play long, long games. Yeah, that's that's what this stream is. This stream is like unstreamably long old classic games. <laughs> that's what my stream does. Hmm. Well, have um, you have you given thought to what your next unstreamably long game is going to be after this one? After Earthbound? Um, oh. Are you doing yeah, Earthbound so, next? Yeah. She after okay. Majora's said Earthbound. Yeah. Okay. After Majora's Mask right. is Earthbound, and then after that, I'm not sure yet. Hmm. Hmm. You should play Chrono. You should play Chrono Cross. Maybe I haven't. I I I haven't played Chrono Cross. I have played Chrono Trigger. Yeah. Um, but I did never play Chrono Cross. Um, so we'll see. With all of its, like, 50 billion characters. Yeah, and I'll, I'll, I'll just... get all the characters. That's yeah, That'll be my goal. Man, no, can you even do that not. on a first playthrough? I think that's, no, like, not can't. even possible. Um, you have to, what you have to do is uh, you have to get multiple save files, and then there's a way to, like, merge your save files together. Uh-huh. So that cheater. it is. Well, Cheery. no, it's 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 an oh, in-game it's, way. Okay. It's an in-game thing that that's... you like go up to a thing and it's like search for you know other save files for your characters oh. and yeah. So if you play through it multiple times, there is a way to get all the characters in one game, but it can't be the first time you play. Good lord! Because you have to have gone down multiple trees in different timelines. I guess basically, that makes, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, that's that that game like has always been like man. One of these days no, I'm going to play Chrono Cross, but then I'm just like, no, that's too much. Too much. Mm-mm. <laughs> it's a commitment. It's, yeah, uh, it's... it's like getting a dog. You know, you yeah. have to accept the responsibility yep. for it. <laughs> and I am not prepared for that kind of responsibility. I'm not prepared for the responsibility um, of 50 characters. <laughs> uh, but yes, yeah, so that's that's uh, twitch.tv slash cagetigers, spelled with a K. Um, and if you want to know about, like, uh, you know, when my times change or... If uh, if I have to cancel for some reason, uh, you can follow me at Kyla underscore Go on Twitter. Cool. No. Ah. Uh, <laughs> uh, his Twitter is at Skug Three. You can't escape. How dare the plugging. you? You can't escape it. <laughs> all okay. the things advertise. All the things. Yes. This is America. Right. This is America, Carl. Get used to it. <laughs> well, technically, it's not America for Carl. <laughs> the podcast is American soil in your ears. You better go wash it out of your ears. That didn't even make sense. I'm. That's a weird name for a song. <laughs> yes. American soil in your ears. Yes. Yeah. Somebody that sounds, that that sounds like that would be like a metal band of some kind. 
Um, anyway, we should probably cut our losses yeah. while we're ahead here. Yeah, we're, we're yep. Thanks, everybody, right. for listening. We'll see you again in two weeks. <laughs> yep. Bye-bye. Later.